Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, steezy.digital and realnurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm here today with Cody. Yeah, Cody, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeffrey. Absolutely. So why don't you start off by telling our listeners who you are and where you're from? Sure. Um, originally born in Taiwan, a small country besides China and Hong Kong. Came to Canada with a study visa, age of 18. Uh, at that time, I wanted to choose a major that I can graduate as soon as possible to avoid the expensive international tuition fee. So I chose an uh, engineer because that seems like the most easiest way to get a decent job. Right in school, I learned, you know, I love the engineering stuff. I have the brain for it. You know, uh, I thought I was good at math, but what really intrigued me is, is the finance and accounting side of things. So I took a lot of night school and those stuff. And that's why I started investing in stocks at that time, just boring stocks. You know, after graduated, working a project manager job. And I, at one time, uh, through a friend of uh, a referral, I stumbled upon a good friend's friend who's a day trading coach. And that time was managing nine figure portfolio and um, uh, was very impressive. So I learned all that. And, but then I soon I realized day trading as a second job trading in the Asian market was taking a lot of toll on my time, my health, and just on the relationship. And that's sure. when I was stabilizing the stock option strategy I'm teaching right now uh, since 2018. And um, we're getting one to 4% per month. You know, some months might be better, some months might be worse, but this is average over the years, one to four percent per month. And we can just spend less than 30 minutes per day, or some alumni spend less than 30 minutes per week on their phone achieving this. And uh, you can do this anywhere in the world as long as you can swipe right. And uh, you can do this into your 80s or 100. So <laughs> nice. And so one to four percent per month would be 12 to 48 percent annualized return. Is that right? Correct. Correct. And uh, we don't use leverage. We don't use margin. So we only use the money we have. So if you really want to compare it to real estate, it's cash on cash return kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast, which primarily focuses on distilling down the top 1% real estate professionals' success and action items and habits. The reason why I wanted to have you on is because a lot of investors make the choice either stocks or real estate, and they're heavy in one or the other, right? And so it seems like you have helped a lot of real estate investors to get into options and do it in a way that is not as risky as they might think. And so something that you mentioned at the beginning before we hit record really intrigued me. And you said you have a couple different phases of your your course and really the goal is to preserve. I mean, you're not going for like a thousand percent, you know, all or nothing type calls right out the gate. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would love for you to just dispel some of the myths of options and uh, talk about how people like Warren Buffett do it right. Yeah. So uh, first thing first, this whole strategy is based on you want to own the stock with this ETF, with this index fund for the long term five to 10 years. That's how most of the top real estate investors get into the market. They did all their research, fundamental analysis on the area, on the city, all their look at all their job, all their GDP, 
um, and make sure all that lines up. Then they start picking what strategy they're going to use that makes the most sense. So that is our golden parachute. Want to make sure the fundamental lines up for the next five to 10 years will continue to grow. Now, why stock market gets a lot of bad reputation, people think it's gambling, is because a lot of time the company could be growing consistently, but the stock market will be going up and down. That stock will go up and down. It's not aligning with the growth of the stock. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more volatile. But in the long term, it looks like this. But if you mm -hmm. zoom in, it looks like that. Right. So a lot right. of people get scared and a lot of people are not used to this. It's like the analogy I would use is that imagine you go drive by your 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 rental property every day and find three appraisals, try to appraise your house. You might get a different <laughs> number every day just based on who the appraiser is, based on the how the market was for the last 30 days. But no one do that. And it takes a lot more to sell a piece of real estate, a lot more hassle and fee. So people are less likely to do that. But with the technology right now, people can just swipe right and make a trade was sell a stock, that's where a lot of discipline needs to be taught, a lot of discipline needs to be taken with the right mindset going in to win the long term, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And I appreciate you relating it to real estate investment. That'll be a great analogy for my listeners. And as you mentioned, a lot of your current uh, coaching clients are real estate investors. Isn't that right? Yeah. So 80%, 80 I was saying 90% of them they're either trying to save up for their first property. So they want to speed up the process on top of their full-time job or their business, mm -hmm. or they already own like one to five residential stuff. They want to get to 10. Some of them own more than 10 and be like, Cody, I'm done with this tenant stuff. And let's get to the point where I just want to sell, take some seven figure profits. And I want to really take it back and enjoy some of the cash flow. Right. I don't want to use all those seven figure and start living on it, but I want to keep growing for me so I know I can see uh, a way to not use my nest egg, right? So take some right. stress off that. And really how that works really well with real estate is I can help you come with the next down payment faster to buy the next property as the next property, whatever you do to add value, you can refinance out, put that back into the trading account while you're waiting to find a next deal, right? And then you're still splitting out cash over there and go buy the next deal and then refinance and you just all go in the circle. So now you just not only have full-time job, real estate cash flow, because a lot of times it's hard to find out. A lot of things go back into maintenance, but now you have stock option. So it's just three tools to speed up the process of generating generational wealth. I like it. Yeah, very succinct description as well. I appreciate you being very clear and concise. And it's a, these are complex topics, but you're able to demonstrate a strong understanding by explaining them very simply and very quickly. So I, I can certainly appreciate that. Now, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, before we hit record, this kind of first phase, like this like beginner options phase, and that it was more about selling and being on the, the sell side. And that was mm -hmm. what I learned from my options newsletter that I, I have been a, a part of. And, you know, they do like video breakdowns of the moves they're making. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned that there are market makers and then there are the ones that are like on the other side. And typically the market makers, if I understand correctly, are like doing puts and they're selling. And and yeah. then the other ones kind of come in and they're like, they call and they're like, oh no, it's going to go higher. And so I found that fascinating that, man, as a new options trader, just on my own, just randomly going into my Robinhood account and being like, oh, I'm going to make this call. I was the one that was kind of like the sheep that was showing up to the market that had no idea what was happening. And yeah. there were, there were kind of like all these wolves that were like setting the market up, like being 
selling all these puts and saying, you know, we already know that based on this, these graph trends, it's not going to go here, but you can buy a call and, you know, challenge me on that. (laughs) So I I was like on the other side of it and I lost money doing that. So I'm very curious. Um, You mentioned that strategy in the beginning of kind of being on that sell side and being on, I, I think more on the put side. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, that's a, such a great question. And that's a very common statement I get when I get on calls is, Cody, I've been losing money. Tell me what I've been doing wrong. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people started this way. And a lot of people have been taught that, hey, when you invest in something, you want to manage your risk. So what they've been taught is that if you have a $1,000, that's not a lot of money. You're willing to lose it all, but you can 10x it. But if you lose, you only lose that $1,000. This is what they've been taught of, risk management. <laughs> we manage the risk. <laughs> the only thing I can lose is the money I put in. Now, with that kind of mentality, it's like you going out to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> Same idea, 10 bucks, lottery ticket. You can win 10 million, but most of the time you will lose. Mm-hmm. And that's most people come into option market. Now, if you're on the selling side where either the entrance company is on the other side, or sorry, we're the insurance company or the casino owner. We're not really betting direction anymore. We are betting on two things. The time will continue to, to flow and then the price. So most of the people who are buying lottery ticket, they need two things to be right. One is the number and the time, right? If they bought the lottery ticket from the last time, it's the same number that's going coming out this time, they still don't win money. It's the same thing as option. Let's say if you buy a call on Apple, you say, hey, Apple needs to go to 200 by this time. A lot of time, either time won't be right or the price won't be right. Either of them are not right, you lose all the money you put in. So yep. when we're on the other side, we're treating as an insurance broker for the first time, like a market maker, like you said. So we can actually write out a policy and say, hey, right now Apple's around, let's say, 170. Now, we agreed to buy Apple for 150 because we did our fundamental analysis. We know Apple will go up in the long term. Again, not stock advice. This is just number one stock. Right, right. Warren Buffett, oh, I always use Apple as, a, uh, as an example because it's easy to talk about. So if you want to own Apple anyway, and now you can ask as an insurance broker and say, hey, I sell you a policy. I agree to own Apple if it goes below 150 by this date. I will buy Apple at 150 and we get paid a premium for it. Just like the insurance, when you know when you pay for your home and auto insurance, when you pay out the insurance, whether you make a claim or not, insurance company keep all your premium. Now we are the insurance company. Whether we need to buy Apple stock for cheaper or not, we keep all the premium. And that's what Warren Buffett does on Coca-Cola over the years to slowly scoop up the Coca-Cola stocks, right? And this is our... Mm more risk averse way of getting into a stock because it's like buying off market deals in, in real estate. We already have equity come in. When a drop, market drop, we know we have 10% equity, right? It's like when you, why everyone wants to buy off market stocks, uh, sorry, off market property is because less people are seeing it, there's already equity built in, right? So there's more downside buffer. And now in the strategy, we'll be able to buy a stock with downside buffer and we get paid doing that instead of we paying a finder's fee in the real estate. Yeah, very interesting. It does. And I've heard this multiple times from very successful investors. Money is made in real estate on the buy, not on the sell. And it seems like that same concept, this analogy that you're creating, it makes sense for options too. And 
I like how you mentioned that this is a risk averse strategy when in most people's mind, options are the most risky investment you could possibly do, right? It's like you could lose it all. Uh, you can actually go into the negative and owe money more than you, than you bet if you do it in a certain way. And in most people's mind, they're like, oh, options way too risky, right? You have to like sign disclosures with your brokerage accounts that you understand and that you can do options and this and that. But here you are saying, no, you can actually, if you do it right, you can act as an insurance company and do it in a very risk averse way where the worst case is you're picking up stock that has since since that option was purchased has come down. Very interesting. In the long term, you know, it will go up because the business has been growing. Just in the short term might be volatility. So you pick it up on the down, downside of things and then now you, you're a lot more risk averse, right? Right. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. And yeah, to your point with the off-market property, you're talking about built-in equity. Yeah, if you get a property that you get 80 cents on the dollar, you already have, you know, 20% of that property is equity, right? Based on the market. And then you can force appreciation and do other things with it. But even if the market were to take a dip that hedges your bet and you're, you know, it drops 10%, you still have 10% equity. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting. Now, when it comes to your coaching program, this is something that's certainly super interesting to me. And so I'm sure that my listeners are, are very intrigued as well. You know, what does that look like? Do you have some some like free trainings or like introductory stuff out there where people can can learn more about being a part of the the coaching program? Yeah, yeah. So like when I first start showing the strategy, I did not know it would get so much momentum. And I was off record was talking with you that the second biggest bank in Canada called TD Canada Trust is kind of like I don't want to say what's the equivalent, maybe a Bank of America equivalent of Canada is inviting me to be their special guest on their option master class. So that's, I'm very fortunate, very, very privileged to be that. But at the same time, they reach out to me because of my YouTube followings. I only have 18 videos talking about stocks and some options, right? And there was like 14,000 subscribers. So that goes to see a lot of people interested wow. in it because people see the traction, how generally I'm in to make sure we preserve capital and make more money not the other way around. I always look at return. And that, right, right, right. it's like, you know, it's, it's uh, relative to a lot of people. So there's that, you know, YouTube channel. If you type in Cody Yeh Investing, C-O-D-Y-Y-E-H Investing is there. Or, you know, you can join my Facebook group. Uh, if Jeffrey can put it in the description, the Facebook group, there's more than 4,000 people. I run a Facebook Live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And I let people vote what kind of topics they want. And we, we discuss on every Sunday, 7 p.m. And also I put in a lot of value added vlogs, right? The, the demand uh, demand topics for that. So there's a lot of uh, ways to engage, just uh, free to learn about it. If you like more, then you, you can fill the application, right? If it's the right fit, then we can chat, right? Just unfortunately, we turn away a lot more people than we accept because we want to make sure it's people with right mindset and the right capital amount to join because we want people to join to add value as well to the right. existing members, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And that's certainly a lot of content out there already that my listeners can go investigate further and learn more if they are interested in being a part of this. So I'm curious about, you know, you just being a young entrepreneur, you know, having this this coaching program. And I'd love to learn some of your entrepreneur habits, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I mean, it seems I grew fast, 
but there was a lot of things behind it. As you know, it really took mm-hmm. that 10 years of habits. I really was, you know, I was starting investing Boeing stocks in 20, since 2011. I was a day trader 2015 to 2017, stabilizing the strategy I'm teaching. And it took me from 2018 to really start taking personal coaching clients in 2020. And then end of 2020, that's when I come off the courses and now evolve into mastermind. So a lot of people is like, Cody, I just see you at the top. I'm like, yeah, you should see me swimming. Um, <laughs> and then always solving problems and all that. So yeah, ask away if you think anything I can help your audience with. Sure. I'm sure a lot so, of audience are top professionals as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of them understand that seemingly overnight journey that took you know 10 years to, to create. I'm curious about some of your action items for success. So do you have like one or two daily habits that you really attribute most of your success to? Yeah, I would say recently that I implement is we call it EGA days, exponential growth activities. So I crop out my whole Wednesday out to not do any day-to-day operation, not do any, get on, not get on any call, but really focusing on where the business is at and really based on the hiring, the scaling, finding the right people, right connection, and just really calm down and look at business from the top standpoint, not always mm. inside trying to put out fires. So that is one of the biggest change I made. And all the business coaches that told me that this will make a big impact on you, I'm really excited to see what that can do. I, I tend to do that, you know, first thing in the morning, I do yoga. I don't really do meditation, but when I'm doing yoga, sometimes great things come to me and then my phone's right beside it, put it down, throw it out, keep doing yoga. Or sometimes during showers, I, I, I come out with the best ideas. And now right. I'm just basically expanding that time span to the whole day, Wednesday. I'm cropping out. No one can touch that. I block on my whole calendar. No podcast, no coaches, no webinars, no nothing. It's just me. So it kind of forced me to sit there and think. And a lot of times for top professionals, they don't have enough time to think. I guess in the beginning, you're trying to make a lot more money, get into that stage. But once you, you know hit six, seven figure, now is really you are more important to handle those visionary, those strategic rules instead of just keep putting out fires, right? That's why we keep putting on hiring more right coaches, you know, and the whole team to take care of more day-to-day basis. So you can focus on what is the next big step or three steps ahead of that, right? So you have that vision instead of everyone just running around with their heads chopped off. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's so key. And I like that strategy a lot. One day a week. I do one day a week for podcasts. So Thursday afternoons, pretty much noon to five, I'll do like four or five right in a row. And that keeps me up to date on that. It's like this, it's blocking out that time for podcasts, but I love the concept of having an entire day with no meetings because that's honestly one of my kryptonites right now is I have so many projects and so many things going on that I'm constantly in meetings and I can never, number one, just reflect, think, contemplate. And then number two, it seems like I can't actually get meaningful work done and catch up on things. So yeah, I'm probably going to implement that next week. I love it. And yeah, and that's one of the biggest thing. And then I think the second biggest thing is when when we learn so many new things like reading books or even getting on a podcast, I'm mentally taking down notes. And then the first thing I get off this podcast, I'll be like, okay, this is what Jeffrey was talking about. How can I implement right now in my team? that can make a difference. So instead of waiting and have all these great ideas, I'm thinking about how can I put that into context right now? 
Mm-hmm. If not, fine, forget about it. But if I can, I will do something right now. And that's all those small steps kind of all add up, right? So it seems like all these small changes over the past one and a half years, but it really, that's what the big changes is. There's no secret to this. It's just constantly improving, getting feedback, improving, right? And then that, and then keep doing the right thing, right? Yep, absolutely. I like that. And then you, so you mentioned you might get an insight from a book. I'm curious if you have one to three books that have greatly influenced your life or career. Um, so I think I'm a more visual and audio person. I can listen to audiobook a lot faster. There, there are books for real estate. It's an author in, in Canada. Um, unfortunately, he passed away at age 33, but he had a lot of success called Money People Deal by Stephen Arneal. I was really talking about real estate. You need really three things, money, people, and deal. If you can have two, you'll make it. You can attract the third one, but a lot of people only have one. They either have money, no deal, no people, or they can have you know one of the three. But if you can have two, you can do a lot of great things. As for real estate, for for like stocks and stuff, I think there's a lot of free content out there. I, I love Warren Buffett, I like Charlie Munger, just how I, I like to read all their books and how they really have the right mindset going in. And how do you become such a happy old man? It's not about money anymore. How, do, how can you become so happy at that age and donate 99% of your fortune? I think there's definitely a secret to that instead of everyone just like, hustling out there, trying to have a hustling mentality and lose everything else, right? I think once you get to a certain stage, it's good to have everything else in check, your health in check, your relationship in check, your your mental health in check, and uh, of course, your finance in check, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, life is really about family, spending time with people you care about. And my thought early on, when I started to look at the world and see my parents working, I was just a little kid. I was like, man, money is like life's first obstacle, right? <laughs> like if you could just become financially free, I didn't know that that was the term at that time, but that's what I was thinking. You know, if, if you could just become free of that, you could just do whatever you want, right? And you could live this happy, meaningful life. The problem is when you start to increase the amount of money that you make, oftentimes in this consumerism society, many increase their lifestyle. And then if you always spend more than you make, you'll never be financially free, right? No matter how much money you make. So I uh, do agree that, you know, looking at some of those, those savvy older investors that have achieved this just astronomical wealth, and then now they're giving away 90% of it, 99% of it, and they seem super happy. It's like, that's, that's a good way to go, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah, totally echo with that, yes. So, you know, is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? No, I think really like for me, I only talk about what I do, what worked for me. So I don't talk about what I don't do. So really real estate has been the best tool for me to generate generational wealth in terms of net worth, in terms of leverage, in terms of really use the least amount of money and use the bank's money to get that first going. And since I invest in both real estate and then I teach stock option as well, there's always pros and cons between the both. But what I can say is, like you said, most people only do stocks and they do all stocks. When they do real estate, all real estate. And then it's like a pissing match between each other. But just be more open-minded because you don't know what you don't know is because I've done both. And I have here a lot of you know, like pros between the both, right? I still do both. 
So I know, you know, we want to be more diversified, even across asset class. So in case, you know, the music has been going for real estate for a while, especially in Canada, it's been going for like a good 30 years. So who knows when the music stop, you know, we don't want to only have one tools, right? You know, on top of your job, your business, the more income stream you have, the better you will be, right? The better off you will be. And just more interesting for your whole life too, because like people like us, we're constantly learning, having a balance, right? It's just a lot more meaningful if we're constantly learning new things and not just shut it out, right? Absolutely. Yeah, when I was looking at options last year and I joined that newsletter, I also became convinced like, okay, real estate I know is a way to achieve financial freedom, but I'm very interested in mastering options just throughout my lifetime because it's a separate way to make money, whether the stock market's going up or down. And if you do it right, it really is way less risky than people think it is. It's like that that area when you get into a certain industry, there's the very common mainstream, right? And in stocks, it's buy a stock, <laughs> right? But then there's that other thing that a much smaller percentage of people get into. There's much less competition. There's much more opportunity. And to me, that's options. It's like, if you take that extra step and you educate yourself in that area, you can have success in any market up or down. And you really will have control over preserving and growing your wealth long-term. So I already have this in the back of my mind. I was very interested to talk to you today. Super glad that I did. You know, thank you so much for being on. We mentioned how listeners can contact you. I'll definitely link below in the show notes to your YouTube channel, Facebook group, you know, let my listeners do all the research that they would like and uh, really just appreciate having you on. It's a pleasure of always talking with like top professionals in the real estate and really allowing them to, to expand their, their, their investing horizon and not stocks and options, all gambling, all that. But again, there's a lot of raw mentality in that too, right? But the same thing in real estate, if you're always trying to do flips and with a very thin margin, the moment something happened, you know, you're over leveraged, right? So same thing can happen in real estate just because it has been going well, right? So there's always the right way to do things. Doesn't mean it's the fastest way to make money, but in the long term, that compound interest will, will compound all your gains, right? So don't try to get rich overnight. That's usually how you get into trouble by over leveraging the greed. That's, that's the same in all types of business, business owner or investing in stocks, investing in real estate. That's how you really, you know, go get into trouble. So we're not, we're not, we're not in that boat. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I can certainly appreciate that. Cody. Yeah, everyone really appreciate having you on amazing Canadian stock options investor. And he also talks to a lot of real estate investors, helps them to diversify their wealth. So be sure to reach out and go get some more information from him. Thanks, Cody. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jeffrey. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.